That was Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs playing us in. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And this is the Grizz Fan Podcast, minus Luke. Yeah, no Luke. Luke's out on assignment this week interviewing another former second round uh, draft bus, um, Jamarcus Russell. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome if he was, yeah, but uh, you know that'd be a more impressive get for an interview than even Ryan Leaf, considering there's no Montana connection. <laughs> <laughs> so the bar's been set real high. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are the Grizz Fan Podcast. That's at Grizz Fan Pod on Twitter. Um, we're on the Montana Mint Sports Stream, along with the Montana Mint Sports Cast, as well as the Montana Middle, which is very interesting this time of year. Uh, obviously, the election just wrapped up. Lots of good stuff with that. Brent and I just wrapped a good interview with uh, an Idaho fan pod, Tubbs at the Club. Is that right? That's right. Tubbs, Chris Hammond with Tubbs at the Club. It was great. So looking forward to that. I'm going to Idaho this weekend, and, uh, and Brent's I'm, not. I'm not. <laughs> Saving that money for the Oregon game. <laughs> and with that, hey, Brent, uh, we won. Hey, we won. Yeah. Felt good to win a football game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, Southern Utah, who uh, is terrible at football, and it—I mean, it's—it's it's not like just saying they're a bad football team. These guys just got wrecked by injuries this year, so a lot of people kind of knew that they weren't going to—that you know—they might not be the most competitive team. And sure enough, um, there was some stuff I didn't even know with my scouting. Like Southern Utah's defense has allowed a touchdown on every single opening possession of the year. Ooh. And so, of course, the Grizz, like, their very first series, like, they go, like, I can't remember, but it was, like, run for two yards, run, like, pass for two yards. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to be the first team. And then it was, like, <laughs> pass, pass, run, 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 and down the field, and Jerry Lou, Jerry Lou, and soon, boom, yep. right away. And it's like, okay, oh, thank God it wasn't us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, they um, they came out, and they they started that, started that game in, you know, great fashion. Uh, Sneed hit Jerry Lou McGee, um, eight plays, seventy-five yards, three minutes off the clock. I mean, that's as good a game, a good a start as we've had all season, really. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's been another game where we opened with a touchdown. Yeah, before all hell broke loose last month, we actually were a pretty decent uh, <laughs> opening drive team because we talked about it on the pod once. Oh, okay. Like we were doing better than the stit just coming out and seeing what the defense was doing, sort of thing. That's right. That's um, so yeah, we you know Sneed hits him. Hits Jerry Lou McGee. Uh, one of the things we talked about was Jerry Lou needs to be more involved. <laughs> Maybe Sulcer does, but Jerry Lou McGee got more involved this week, didn't he? Jerry Lou McGee was the man in this game. <clears throat> what uh, it was great to see. Just you could you could kind of tell. It's tough to say if that first you know you always like is the first series scripted or whatever, but <clears throat> that it seemed like early in the game, the main plan was to get Jerry the ball. Early and often, I mean, the guy, you know, you look through his stats, he had he had some great punt returns. Uh, his best one got taken back by a little bit of a phantom holding. Uh, he ran the ball, like he had a 34-yard run, and he caught a whole bunch of passes. He caught a bunch of passes, and, I mean, a couple of them early in the game were some pretty nice catches, too. That first touchdown, though, what, what was cool about it, again, you start to see that, uh, Rosenbaugh, these, they start adding these kind of wrinkles. And so Southern Utah, 
has been listening to the pod, and especially you, Mike, and thinking that Dalton Sneed can't complete a pass beyond five yards. So they just <laughs> they just uh, the Grizz run kind of a mesh, but they send Jerry right up the middle, and uh, there's nobody there. <laughs> so that note, because I know that's going to be a topic of discussion, so we'll talk more about Sneed's game. But I'm going to give him credit. I mean, more power to him. Like, and and people are going to say, you know, look what he can do when he doesn't get pressured. Because combination of O-line stepping up and you suddenly end up being terrible. He had time. He did well. Question for you, Brent. What do you think uh, Snead's longest completion of the day was? Uh, it was probably that one to... Oh, no, he had a... No, no, okay, I'm blending it. I mean, it probably wasn't super long. It was like kind of in that 30 to 35 range. Yeah, 32 yards. To Jerry, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, like, before we get all this, like, <laughs> oh, he can throw downfield... No, they they played the game that that Snead and our offense should be playing. And, Absolutely, and they did it really well. Yep, you know they executed. They did, and, and um, <clears throat> maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves with just the whole talk. But this was the first game that Jeremy Calhoun looked like the guy we thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And again, Southern Utah's defense, the like the second worst ranked defense in all of the FCS, but. Jeremy Calhoun suddenly made us a running team that you had to respect in this game. So Southern Utah could not do what other teams have done where you just spy Dalton and take away his short, medium-range stuff and then and shut him down. Because uh, all of a sudden, Jeremy's, uh, you know, I think he averaged a little over six yards of carry, one yard short of 100 on the day. Um, <clears throat> he, he, made it, he made us a two-dimensional team, and it, uh, it dramatically helped this offense. And early, too. He was rolling early, and it was good. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he was great, and, and he continued to prove that he should have been in at that goal line run against North Dakota. Um, <laughs> I just really don't understand why it took them till last week to start him this year. But uh, nonetheless, here we are. Here we and, are. Uh, it's not a knock on any other running back on the team, but Calhoun is so clearly the best running back on the team. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, it's not even close. And I know that injuries are a big part of it. Like, he gets dinged up. But, uh, boy, good for him. Well, and that was uh, – so now, of course, my of course, like on the spot, I can't remember if it was the second or the third touchdown, but Jeremy runs one in and it's, uh, you know, seven or eight yards out. And it's you know, bring in the three tight ends and show a power set. And he just, you know, muscles his way into the end zone. A great power run. And, I mean, it's again, it's like that's just something. It was the second touchdown second of the game, touchdown, Calhoun, yeah. nine-yard run. Yeah. Um, another seven plays, 75 yards, three-minute drive. I mean, they're just textbook. Yeah. Um, Smenza missed the extra point, <sighs> which I, f- I keep wanting to – to tweet at the SID to find out what the uh, all-time missed extra point list looks like, but I think that'd be really mean because um, I really like Semenza. But he's he at this point you could say it's safe to say that he is not a consistent extra point kicker. Yeah, and that one was just I couldn't tell if it was the the snap or the hold or what, but he just he tugged it to the left, and it was as soon as it was off his foot, you're just like yeah, and so. Yeah, uh, pulled across the body though. Didn't push it out wide or anything. But no, I mean, and and either way, you gotta like how they played. Um, Grizz get the ball back um, 
They come back, score again. Keenan Curran, first touchdown of the year. Can you yeah, believe that? That's crazy. And so, um, you know, to get the ball back, you get it. Reggie Tillman bats a pass. Josh Buss picks it off. And then, you know, the, the pass to Curran, uh, and this was another thing, again, Sneed without that pressure in his face, time to survey the field, put that touch on the ball. It was, uh, you know, back right corner of the end zone. Um, yeah, it was 21-plus yards in the air because really yeah. it was 30 yards in the air in the back corner of the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was right where, I mean, it was right where it needed to be. And, it was perfect. And credit to him that, you know, um, all around happy for all of them. Uh, Southern Utah finally scores to end the first half, so it's 20-7. to seven. Yeah, and you know, that it, it, there was like two points in this game where you felt, uh-oh, and that was one of them because, uh, let's see, so I, I got it right in front of me here. Um, we get a kick-catch inter- interference, so what's that, 15 yards? So then they run, and then we get a face mask on the next play, 15 mm-hmm. yards again. Which your uh, Twitter told me was his ear, not... <laughs> Not it looked like it was answer. under. Yeah, people correct me real fast. <laughs> uh, and then uh, so next play, then uh, boom, thirty yards on. It's like a they did like a friggin' double reverse, like wide receiver pass, and it's like you like as soon as they threw it back to the guy and he started running flat, my heart sunk. I was like, someone's gonna be wide open down the field, and sure enough, they were. Uh, but it was like penalties, just totally. I mean, we gave him thirty yards of penalties in two plays. Uh, so it's like, uh oh, uh oh, is this is this turning into trouble here? But, yeah, and uh, you know if there's if there's anything to be down about from this game, it's penalties. Oh Holy cow! What was it? I wrote it down. It's like a what was it, 138 yards, 135 yeah. yards of penalties. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean it. It and it's like it's crazy to think that some, the penalties took away some good things for us, yep. and we still won 57 to 14. Yep. Yep. So 20 to seven, end of the first quarter. Uh, come in, get a Semenza field goal, then uh, get the ball back again. Um, Eastwood comes in from one yard out, 10 plays, 80 yards, yeah. four minutes. And, you know, and that was a drive again. Uh, Sneed's kind of picking them apart. And, you know, the East the Eastwood dive, the play that set it up. And, again, this is the Keenan Curran, uh, good catch, good catch and run, I think slipped out of a tackle. I thought Keenan was across the line. Yep. But uh, Southern Utah was just – on the ropes, so we just lined up quick, and Eastwood just hopped in. It was, you know, again, it was, I, I think, um, one incomplete pass, good mix of running and passing. It was just, it, again, textbook, but without the pressure and with the ability to move the ball up the field on every touch, it <laughs> sure makes life easy. You know, it's funny because it felt like the coaches called a really good game, and, you know, the common denominator is everyone's going to say, well, they could do this stuff because they weren't getting pressured, but some of the stuff feels like were they doing it and that was further preventing the pressure because an already undermatched Southern Utah had to account for yeah. Jerry McGee coming out of the side and yeah. Sulcer potentially and stuff like that. But whatever <laughs> is what it is. Um, Southern Utah comes back and scores 16 play 75 yard drive before half. So after all that it's 30 to 14 and two score game. Yeah, two score game. And you and you're kind of thinking, I think I texted Britt, it was kind of like I mean, awesome first half, but we're only up 16 points. Well, and the interesting, like, the thing with that, though, so uh, Southern Utah scores, and it was this super weird drive. We had, like, penalties and missed assignments, and I don't know, because I didn't really see what happened, but they show a sideline shot, and Bobby's, like, screaming at Dante Olsen, and it's like, 
oh my god, like something, like I don't know what's <laughs> going on. And so, but the the Grizz get the ball back because Flowers takes this great kickoff, like to midfield, mm-hmm. and um, suddenly Southern Utah starts sending the house. And on every almost every throw, Dalton's getting smacked, and all of a sudden. Dalton Sneed from three weeks, the last yeah, three he's weeks hit. shows up. Yep. And so overthrow, overthrow, or or thrown into coverage. He had two, uh, but we get down there because I think there was like a penalty. There was like a pass interference. Yeah. And then it'd be like we'd have a couple of incompletions and then we'd have a big catch. And uh, Jerry Louie McGee and Sammy Akim were both open for touchdowns, but Sneed's getting a little jittery because he's getting hit a lot. Misses them both. Uh, we wind up missing a field goal. And it, it, oh, and the play right before it, though, Sneed goes on a keeper and runs in, and Colin Bingham was holding. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, and then it was like, oh, no, because Southern Utah had scored, and then Semenza just pushes this field goal wide, and it's like, here comes the Cal Davis game again. Because yep, like, oh. you're having those moments where it's like, <laughs> we started out so well, but then it's like, Sneed misses guys in the end zone for touchdowns, which we can't have. And in this game, it's overshadowed because he threw five touchdowns. But credit to them, instead of wilting like they have before this year... They responded. They responded. Yeah. In an awesome way. And the funny... So I pulled the stats out of that. this one, like, just just god-awful, weird drive. So Dalton Sneed on the day was 21 for 33. He threw six incomplete passes on that drive. That's so he, crazy. So he would have he would have <laughs> so he would have had a seventy eight percent completion. That is if insane. that drive didn't exist. <laughs> he would have been. He would have. He been had like, twelve incompletions all day, and he, six of them were on one drive. One drive, and it was just like because I remember I felt like I was like because they showed the halftime stat, and at that point, it, you know, I was like Dalton Sneed's like you know twelve for twenty four, and I'm like, oh god, like he's less than he's fifty percent, and then you know it it wound up not mattering. But it's yeah. just kind of a funny little like he had a bad drive, and that was that one. Yep. Yeah. And you know credit to him because all year he's 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 kind of kept those types of drives at bay, with the exception of the Portland State game. Yeah. Um, he's been a lot more accurate than he's shown to this point in his career, and some of that's the checkdowns and stuff like that. But credit to him, you know he's been an accurate passer and. And, um, you know, that went well. The other thing I would say, just for the sake of pointing out how good quarterback games go, it was by far as highest average per attempt game of the, uh, of the year. So, so. Um, good for him. It was like 10 Over, yards. 10 yards yeah, per attempt and about 15 per catch or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, third quarter starts. Grizz come out and get an interception on the first offensive play. Oh, my God. And that was like, that's an, inter- like, that I, that's an interception I would throw. Like, it was like... I don't know why he threw that ball because it was like this. It was just a little flat route, and Sandry's right there, and it's like this lame duck throw. Uh, you saw it coming, by the way. <laughs> yep. Um, we get the ball back uh, on their twenty-eight yard line. Uh, three plays later, Sammy Akem, sixteen-yard touchdown pass from Snead. Um, Sammy Akem had a great game. He did. I mean, this guy—he's—he's he's our number one receiver, and um, and he's a legit. Number one. Yeah, like head and shoulders right now, the way he's playing and catching. And that, you know, and the nice thing with that play, they, uh, Southern Utah blitzed Sneed. They came on one side of the line. They sent a couple guys. They forced Dalton out of the pocket fast. And credit him, again, like now things are clicking. And so instead of tuck and run and get three or four yards, I stay up the field. A Kim, I think they showed the replay. It was a different route. It was basically a second move to just come back and trail Sneed to help the guy out. And, um, you know, uh, touchdown. Yeah. 
and and more power to him. Defense holds, get it, get it back. Keenan Curran, 15-yard pass from Snead, five plays, 57 yards. So at this point, it's 44-14. So that 16-point halftime lead, now we're feeling a lot better about yeah, it. Yeah, now it's time to you know crack another beer and sit back and relax and, and hope no one gets hurt and watch the, watch the backups and the true freshmen come so, in. So that's what's funny. And, and I have felt this way in a couple of our losses. Yeah. And I have felt this way in this win and one other one. I felt like he left Snead in there too long. Yeah, that was... People People were tweeting, and I was getting a couple of texts where I was like, get him out, just because, you know, one one weird yep. run, one weird play, but... So they leave Snead in, um, <laughs> get the ball back, 26-yard um, touchdown pass to Sammy Akem, two plays, 28 yards, 43 seconds, and what's officially a blowout, 51-14 to 14 at the end of the third quarter. Uh, fourth quarter, backups get in. Elijah Lee gets his first touchdown of the year, which yeah. is good for him. Yeah. Because he's kind of been the forgotten man this year. Really hasn't gotten many carries. Yeah. Um, Cam Humphreys came in, played a little bit. They let Adam Wilson attempt the PAT. He missed it. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because you're like, put in the backup. And you watch Wilson kick it. It's like, no, no, don't put that guy in anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. I was wrong. I was wrong. I don't know if it would have cleared the uh, crossbar. It was low. It was a line drive low. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some things that, that stood out to me. Um, first of all, I mean, Dalton Steen, 21-33, 323 yards, five touchdowns. Um, wasn't sacked once. And no picks. Didn't put the ball on the ground at all either. Yep. It's, as, it's, as, you know, it's as good a game as you can get from a quarterback. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. But yeah. Uh, this team needed it, and he responded. Good to him. And he got a lot of guys involved. Um, uh, Curran had six catches. Kim had five. Lou McGee had five. Torrey only had two. Elijah Lee had one for 31. Colin Bingham had three. Bryson Deming had one. The box score says Darian Nash had one, but I'm going to go with Sulcer being that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a play where they could have hit Sulcer, uh, um, yeah. and he had daylight too. Snap. So looked looked upfield as the ball was coming in his hands. Yeah, that was yeah. We scored on that drive anyways, I think. So yep, but, but yeah, but learning experiences. Um, you know, rushing the ball, Jeremy almost broke a hundred <clears throat> yards. Feel bad for him there, but. 16 carries, 99 yards. Snead added eight for 54. Eastwood 11 for 37 and a touchdown. So just a just a good day for the offense all around. Absolutely, it was it was the first complete game, and it was easily. I mean, obviously the best game. It was Dalton Snead's best game. Uh, it was it, it lots of good stuff. But again, consider who we play. But I, I like that they did it. You know, I mean yep. that that's just the thing. It's like if you this is what you're working towards. I, I just like seeing it. I, people were afterwards, I was reading, you know, a little bit online. It's like, oh, God, this means nothing. It's like, yeah, it does. It's no, like, it means we put 600-plus yards up against the team we should have put 600 yeah, yards up against, yeah. right? And, you know, they've been bad this year, but they haven't given up 600 yards to everybody. So it's like well, and here's at the home. And here's the thing. We left 14 points off the board because of penalties, uh, you know, because we had the Sneed run-in that uh, wound, turned up in, into a missed uh, field goal. And then uh, uh, Jerry Lou McGee took a punt to the house, and Keenan Curran got a crap call, but whatever. And uh, I don't think we wound up not punting. We wound up punting away because the game was well in hand there. So it's like this could have been an even bigger score. Yep. Um, Grizz easily won the time of possession battle uh, by 10 minutes. Yeah. So that's going to help their year average a little bit. Um, 
interestingly enough, both teams were penalized nine times, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, the Grizz had 135 penalty yards. Southern Utah had 63. Yeah. The Grizz had 33 first downs to 18 for Southern Utah. The Grizz were 13 of 19 on third downs. That's That was nuts. You know what's crazy is Southern Utah completed – Three of four fourth down tries, yes. which you want to talk about frustrating things in a game. That was. <laughs> they only completed three third down tries out of sixteen, yeah. so they might they might as well just said just go to fourth down. We've got a higher percentage. Oh, that's what they did, and I, it was kind of funny because I was being a smartass on Twitter because the rude sports guy said their um, you know fourth down conversion <laughs> rate was sixty nine percent, and then they're three for three. I'm like they're gonna f up their sixty nine percent, but then they didn't get the last one, and so it dropped that back to sixty nine. So oh lord. Yeah, just keeping it, you know, consistent. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Grizz put up 635 total yards. Southern Utah, 241 total. So, you know, I know Southern Utah's bad, but this is what you're supposed to do to bad teams. Yep. So credit credit the Grizz for that. They, you know, put some things together. And, you know, the, the one other thing, like, we talked about, you know, a lot of these teams, even if they're bad, they've got, like, one bright, shining spot. And with Southern Utah, is just their special teams return ability, mm-hmm. and we held them to a season low. They averaged like 13 yards on a kick on kick returns, where they're normally averaging mid 20s, and had a touchdown. I mean, that guy was kind of one of their main playmakers, and he was I, he caught a touchdown on one of the touchdowns. I think, or maybe threw it or something dumb. But um, in the kick return game, he was nothing, and so he took it away, which is great. Yeah, you know. Um, Plenty to like, you know. Let's let's talk a little bit about what this means going forward. Well, it's momentum. Momentum. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you win a game, you're supposed to win, you move on to the next one. Um, I think that that as for like this whole idea that this is what the offense is going to look like if the O line's healthy or the O line's better or stuff like. We need to kind of caution ourselves because I would just simply point to. Um, Idaho State a couple years ago when uh, Chad Chalich had eight touchdowns against them. He's the freaking backup quarterback. And then I would further point back to, what was it, Sac State when McKenna Simmons threw six touchdowns and sits. North Dakota. North Dakota. North Dakota. Um, so we just need to be careful because it was – during the game I was having flashbacks to high school when I was a junior and – uh, there was a really nice guy who was the senior, who was the starting quarterback. Um, but all the juniors really felt that our our class's guy should have been the varsity starter because he was better. Yeah. Um, and then we played like a team from Canada, and uh, the varsity quarterback threw four touchdowns because it was a terrible team from Canada. <laughs> and it was like, oh no, look how good he is. And it's like, oh, let's just keep this in mind here. <laughs> so I want to see how the offense comes out and does. Next week. Can they yeah. put that together two weeks in a row? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So, uh, you know, defensively, interestingly, uh, we noticed Josh Egbo starting over Darian Nash this week, uh, or this last game. Uh, no real indicator why. Uh, both seemed to rotate a bunch. Played fine. Uh, don't know if it was a matchup thing or if it was a practice or, a, you know, something on film, but seen a little bit more of Egbo. Also, of course, uh, Jesse Sims did play a bunch, but uh, Deming started over mm-hmm. him. 
Uh, we saw Reed Miller up over Robert Robinson, which I think has been going on for a little bit. But Robertson still had some plays. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, he was second to tackles, and um, he seems a, to be settling in. Had a few more big hits too, and just kind of starting to be that enforcer guy. And then this is the most amount of Shane Cochran on the defense that I've seen, and it was you could tell that because Southern Utah runs the ball a lot, and so this defense kind of made an adjustment similar to like the Cal Poly type of game where. Uh, it looked a little bit more like kind of a 3-4 or 4-3 instead of this kind of hybrid thing they were doing. Uh, Sandry or Robertson up in the box more, and Shane Cochran out there quite a bit too. So, You know who we see, what we seem to see a little bit more of too was uh, three linebackers on the field at the same time. Yep. Which, I mean, obviously that's happened, but that's not our base defense this year. Nope. And I think that's just because Chase Lewis has, you know, continued to showing that he's one of the best 11 defenders on the team. Yeah. So good for him. Um, I was excited. A lot of, not a lot of, but several freshmen got time. Jancaro, I know it's one game, hey. but it's like it, that it we talk about. Yeah. Like that kind of like, you know, you get hit and you keep fighting for it. Yeah. That Calhoun has that I right. love so much. Jancaro's got it. That was like his first carry. Yeah. Like he hits and he spins yeah. and he takes a few more yards. He almost got a touchdown, yeah. but he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, eight carries, 29 yards. Um, you know, it's 3.6 yards carry, but hell, you know, that's got to be exciting. Yeah. I checked the participation. 54 guys played. and um, What's the travel squad? Like 60? 58. 58. So, I mean, almost everybody played. And, uh, so, and, and maybe I just did the math. You know what? Actually, I might have done the math. Tanner wrong. Wilson didn't play. So there's one. Yeah, Wilson didn't play. No, I mean, interestingly enough, like like the O-line, like Skylar Martin started again. But Angel Villanueva came in at the end and mm-hmm. played some garbage. With stuff, some so. of the freshmen. Yeah. Because did... Um, um, Yep, what, Anderson was out yep. there, seventy five, and I think yep. I think Sane was out there. Was it was tough there? to tell on TV. Yeah. It was tough to tell. Yeah, I didn't notice. I saw seventy five for sure. I know they didn't have everybody because a couple of people were like, "Well, Jim Carroll's there. Where's Turner?" And it's like they couldn't bring. I'm sure they couldn't bring all their freshmen. So yeah. I have to bet that some of the guys that got to go to Southern Utah are going to swap with some of the guys who didn't get to go to Southern Utah. They'll go to Idaho. Go to Idaho. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, but anyway, it was it was awesome to. To get a game where they could get in like that, yep. and um, you know, fun to see. Um, anything else? Kind of final notes on Southern Utah. We should be. No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Good, to, good to get the win, and uh, hopefully, you know, springboard the momentum for two rivalry games in a row. Uh, which is a fun way to end the season. Now, are the masses on Egris okay again, or no? God, no. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> now they're fine. I don't know. All right. Um, so we're going to jump right into uh, wrapping up the big sky. So if you listened last week, I all but begged Luke to, uh, you know, swap a couple picks so he could gain on me. And, and he had a pretty good week. Um, Eastern Washington beat Northern Colorado, um, which is no surprise to anyone. Certainly looks like Eastern's um, uh, now starting quarterback is settling in. Yep. To his comfort zone, so fuck. <laughs> um, Great. Yeah, here we go again. Yep. Um, Sac State uh, lost to Weber State. Nobody's surprised by that. Nope. Um, Montana crushed Southern Utah. Um, Davis beat Northern Arizona. Um, Luke and I picked all four of those the same. Cal Poly at Montana State. The wisher in me picked Montana State, and they came back and tried to make it a game at the very end. You but mean Cal Poly. The wisher in me picked the Cal wisher, Poly. The wisher in me picked Cal yes, Poly. Yes. Sorry. Luke picked Montana State, so Luke got one there. And then um, we both picked North Dakota, but Idaho beat them. So it, Idaho late, at home. Late touchdown to beat North Dakota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Idaho and Surgeon. 
<laughs> but you know what? Well, I've got nothing. Um, and then Idaho State at Portland State. Um, oh. We were both leaning Portland State. I talked Luke into picking Idaho State, which was good for him. Um, so he, he picked it. Idaho State hung on and won that game. Um, Luke went 6-1 and one for the week, 52-26 and 26 on the year. I went 4-3 and three for the week. Still leading, but it's a 55-23 and 23 record. So, you know, the, the pressure's on with two weeks. Like, oh, wow. I've been winning all season, and I'm going to piss it away here at the end. Oh, my gosh. It's awful. You are a Bob Stick coached picking team. Right? Oh, <laughs> man. This is your Stit Happens pick of the week, huh? You know, <laughs> do you notice that Stit, Stit's public media machine is coming up again? There's a great article about him yeah. in The Ringer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to his credit, like... The, half the teams in the NFL are running his play. Hey, his two protégés right now are, I mean, both, uh, uh, well, not his protégés, but whatever. You know, I mean, uh, Wazoo and West Virginia are, and are playing some damn good football. You know, what was interesting is that article in The Ringer certainly, Mike Leach had a lot of nice things to say about Stitt. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of the Grizz fans who maybe didn't like Stitt as much were like, oh, Mike Leach doesn't even really know him. And, you know, yeah. it's like, it, he's clearly... A respected football mind. And what was interesting was Leach talked about how Stitt built his whole offense around the fly sweep while Leach couldn't do that because he want, he's too diverse. Yeah. And I think that's true, yeah. um, but it was just an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of Bob Stitt, his job next year at Northern Colorado, <laughs> uh, you know, Northern Colorado lost this week, so that's good. But Northern Colorado goes to Montana State. So Montana State gets, you know, a real tough tune-up for the Grizz game. Brent, I know Luke uh, sent you his picks for the week. He sure did. He sure did. So Luke is going with Montana State, which makes sense. Which makes sense. Uh, at home in Bozeman, I'm going with Montana State. Hasn't well. but haven't the Cats lost a bunch to North Colorado? Isn't that like yeah. like they're like they've got all these inexplicable losses? But it's usually at it's usually at Northern, Northern Colorado. But I will say that it's like Northern Colorado has the recipe that could beat them because their offense is actually not bad. Yeah, it's their defense. And <laughs> it you know it's like who knows? Um, but I still think Montana State will win that easily at home. Yeah. I don't think it'll be close. Uh, Portland State at North Dakota. Luke is going with North Dakota. Yeah, so am I. I really want Portland State to win that game because we need North Dakota to lose another game because they're a bubble team with us. We do. That we do. That we do. Um, but I'm going with North Dakota as well. Davis at Eastern Washington. Luke is picking Eastern to beat Davis. Oh, man. I am picking Eastern as well. Um, we went through these picks with the... Uh, Tubs at the club. Tubs at the club. Chris, um, so I can't go back on him. But I did, in fact, pick Eastern. Uh, Weber State at Southern Utah. He is going with Weber. I will go with Weber as well. This is not going to be a week of many I think, games. I think you guys are going to agree on everything, honestly. Um, Idaho State, Cal Poly. Idaho State for Luke. Yep. I went with Idaho State because I think that Idaho State doesn't have great defense, but I think they have way too much offense for a bad option team to be able to keep up with. Yep. God, Idaho State, though, how many weird games have they had? Like, that game they just had with Portland was this insane shootout. Portland's going down to try to kick a field goal to tie it. 
and gets a clock run off because the QB loses his helmet, and then think they have a first down and don't, and the, the clock lines out yep. on them almost. And, and they have to two seconds left. You know, and Idaho yep. State missed a chip shot field goal earlier in the season to beat to for what would have been a win against Davis. I mean, it's such a weird team. Absolutely. Uh, last game, Northern Arizona at Sac State. I picked Sac State. I think this is finally the week. Finally okay. the week. Okay, well, this is the one differing pick. So All right. Luke has NAU. I'll probably get a, get a point there. <laughs> um, anything interesting happened to you in the last week in the Big Sky? You know, this was so obviously uh, we're starting to drill down, right? Yeah, we're starting to drill down. Uh, we're looking playoffs. Uh, you know, Q Jim Morris screaming at you about playoffs. Playoffs? Well, playoffs. somebody from the Big Sky is going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't somebody. have to be it's us. So, you know, obviously season ends right now. Uh, Davis wins the Big Sky. Eastern and Weber are in. Idaho State bubble, but probably in, I would say. I mean... Idaho State and Eastern both played down. They do. It they just do. It shows you why I just would take Drake any day of the week over... These teams, because here we are, and we're you know we have se- we still potentially could get seventy one wins, and yeah, we've had a lot of flops, but we're still we have an outside shot at a bubble. Yeah. If one of our early season games had been, you know, yeah, and that's so Idaho State. They played they the this week they played Poly, which it's in Poly, you know, mm-hmm. tough to say. But then they finished against Weber, uh, so. If Idaho State drops one of those two and say either Montana State or Montana wins out, one team's got one more Division One win than Idaho State. Now Idaho State's got the head-to-head against Cats, and I don't know if the, ah, whatever. But you know, so it's like you're starting to get into that whole weirdness. That's the unfortunate circumstance of a 13-team conference. But uh, uh, yeah, so you know, Eastern. Obviously, this is probably Eastern versus Davis. This is all the marbles, most likely, because. If Davis beats Eastern uh, this week, they play Sack the week after. That's... So if Davis beats Eastern, they're looking at the outright conference championship. Yep, they would have it. I think I don't know. God, if Weber wins out, I mean, yeah, you got to play the games. But if Davis wins, I mean, inside track, big time. Um, Weber's got a conference loss, right? They do too. Um, somebody weird. No, who was it? Is it Idaho State? I can't remember now. Yeah, to ask the hard North question. Dakota? They have a they have a conference loss. Yeah, uh, my, I can't remember, but it was weird. But then they also beat Eastern head to head, so yeah. it's like <laughs> who knows? I mean, they're so like you could look at this. So if Eastern beats Davis and then beats Portland State and Weber wins out, Weber's going to win the Big Sky because they will have the tiebreaker. They'll have the head to head. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what Weber's cheering for. Weber is cheering for Eastern this week for sure. Yep. Yeah, so Idaho State, they've got yeah, the Cal Poly and Weber. And then you got the two in-conference bubble teams and then the one phantom in-conference bubble team, all four of us, North Dakota, Montana State, Montana, all five and four. Uh, North Dakota has the easier path, Portland State uh, at home and NAU on the road. Uh, Cats host, as we know, Northern Colorado. We got Idaho, and then we play against each other. So one of the two of us is... Going to take a loss there. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, North Dakota did not play down. So all their games are D1. Obviously, they've got the head-to-head with us. Oh, yeah. Um, No, North Dakota wins out. They ran over us any day of the week. Yeah. It's it's funny. Like, I think about that. But who always just gets screwed by the playoff committee? 
It's independent. Yeah. Not ones without a conference without a conference standing and without and I know it's like their games count against all of us except for them and it's weird, but how many times, I mean, before the Big Sky went to a bigger like you'd have Cal Poly would go, you know, nine and two and not get in. Now that was maybe an extreme example. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Montana wins out, UND wins out, or, I mean, if UND drops one and Montana wins out, we're going to have a better record than them. Um, or same thing with MSU, but, yeah, I mean, probably. People will argue they got the head-to-head, so. But, um, I don't know. The, the playoff committee, it's weird, because you got, <laughs> we've got uh, our own AD on it, Kent Haslam, and um, North Dakota will have won two of their last three, and Montana will be on a three-game win streak, so who knows. Yeah, I... We just got to take care of business against Idaho and then see where we're at next week because, yep. you know, things might things might fall their way or they might not. But either way, I'd rather they end on a winning note than, you know, yep. what we have the last couple of years. All right. So I have one other thing that I started to look at because this is my forward projection here. Okay. Award winners. Guys right. that are front running for, for stuff. So this is who I see. MVP. We've kind of talked about this a little bit. Jake, Jake Meyer. I think quarterback it has to be, Davis. right? Yeah, Tanner Geller, ISU. He could, um, yeah. Geller statistically has a couple more things. Here's the dark horse. People are going to love this. The Cats went out. Troy Anderson. <laughs> Think about, like, the, the <laughs> argument of value. Um, I would have no trouble saying that Troy Anderson is the most valuable player on the Cats. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, defensive side, Dante Olsen. Uh, Mason Moe with Davis. The, he was one-man wrecking ball against us. And then uh, the DN for MSU, Sterk. He's, I think he leads conference in sacks and tackles for a loss. Yeah, I think that if Dante Olsen doesn't have a big game in the last two weeks, even if he leads conference in tackles, the way the freaking Big Sky Conference does these postseason awards, I feel like he's going to get screwed. I So the, there's a track where Davis could sweep everything, like for the major awards. Because yeah. so coach, obviously, you just got to grab the top yeah. guys. Undefeated right? like, coach. Like yeah. Hawkins, if Hawkins goes undefeated in the Big Sky and finishes 10-1, and one, like he's got to be coach of the year. You know, if there's some weirdness, like if Weaver gets the weird track where Eastern wins, I mean, I Jay Hill probably is right back in that. Uh, fantasy for what a like what like he what uh, Kramer leaves he goes somewhere else he comes back they you know and what he got done and uh, you know be, uh, best over at Eastern as well too just depends on how everything shakes out mm-hmm. and then you know the newcomer uh, really you've got uh, you know the Gilliam kid the running back with. Uh, Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Weaver's got their Josh Davis guy who's kind of their do-everything, run-everything, catch-everything kind of guy. And then this freaking freshman running back at the Cats uh, who's coming on pretty late here. Uh, so that, that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. I'm, Robbie Houck maybe is a newcomer, but mm-hmm. it tends to go to guys on offense. What about Dalton Steen? Would he count as... Oh, yeah, I guess he... Yeah, a newcomer to the conference. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Because that's it's allowable. It's not just that's freshmen. Right. Yeah, it's not just freshmen. That's true. That's true. Well, but they break apart, right? There's a freshman. There's a freshman of the year and a newcomer of the so, year. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be Dalton. Um, Grizz went out, and Dalton does what the next two games? What he did to Southern Utah? Hell yeah. I mean, you can't like I can sit here and debate Snead's faults and have for anybody who listens, <laughs> but I don't think you can argue what he's meant to the team. 
yeah. know, oh, and yeah. he's made a difference. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Dark Horse. There you go. Bet you that the listeners didn't expect me to be throwing out Dalton Sneed Ooh, for a you just, postseason award. <laughs> someone's head just exploded. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All the best there. Hey, uh, Brent. Yes. I'm going to Idaho next week. You are. But you're not. You know, I can only assume that means you're going to Butte. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, on the, it's on the itinerary. And where, where are you going to stay in Butte? Well, I think I've really only got one option. And uh, from listening to the pod, I have been able to narrow my choices to one. And that is the Hotel Finland. Uh, the uh, Hotel Finland in lovely, historic, uptown Butte, America. Uh, room starting just over 80 bucks. Suite starting just over 90 bucks. Um, why stay down by the interstate when you could stay in uptown Butte close to, close to the great restaurants? Which Butte actually has a lot of neat little hole-in-the-wall restaurants that you won't expect. But, you know, you're going to start your night, though, at the Cavalier Lounge. Smooth Hopperator. Smooth Hopperator. That's, uh, that's where I would be. And, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll just make the trip. Take, take the wife down to Butte and, uh, you know, text and tweet at you from the Hotel Finland. You know, please do. We, uh, we have a buddy who... Uh, works on a political campaign we're not going to say parties um but he was he was uh doing a rally yesterday at the hotel finland and he apparently was name dropping the pod to the staff so that they knew (laughs) they knew that that uh they were getting mentioned on the pod so you know the other good news is that we didn't get a cease and desist letter after last week's ad for the hotel finland (laughs) so i think we got to roll with our luck that's hotel finland f-i-n-l-e-n Dot com. And with that, let's jump into my favorite part of the show, the BWR. The BWR needs a sponsor, I think. Oh, man. We could come up with some good sponsors, too, because the BWR is just fantastic. It could be like some sponsor for like a company that doesn't exist anymore or something like that. we got to say, for those of you who, who might not listen to the Tubs at the Club cameo we just did there... Um, he Chris listens to the show, and at the end of his segment, he let us ask questions. And Chris was much better at naming Taylor Swift albums <laughs> than Brent. Um, so I questioned everything about Brent's Brent's oh. you know edginess with status quo America. You know, my funny thing was is I listened to the pod and I started sweating all over again <laughs> listening to the BWR, even though I knew the answers I already gave. I was uh, on a on a flight listening to the pod <laughs> and I was just laughing out loud at the BWR. Is, is we're having we're having some fun with it. Yeah. Um, so we got to get uh, we got to get to it. So let's do it. First things first. Um. The Lady Grizz soccer team won the Big Sky Conference. So yeah. shout out to them. First year coach. He's a nice guy. I met him at a GSA event uh, earlier in the season. They started out real, real rough. They but lost they, a lot of girls. Like, they, yeah, injuries. Girls. Yeah. And they were, they were actually like figuring out how to redo the field. I mean, real serious stuff. And um, they came on really strong. They upset. They were the Six seed or the five seed? One of the two. Uh, yeah, they barely got in, yeah. <clears throat> Every game they won was an upset, yep. and they beat the top seed Weber and in the semifinals, and good for them. They're they're going on. They play at Washington, Washington State Friday night, 7 p.m. Okay. So, hey, just go over early to this game. It couldn't work out better for you. <laughs> Go watch the Lady Grizz soccer. Um, but since this is the BWR, oh Brent. God. I know where this is going. I'm curious where you think this is going, because I've got two places to go with this. Um, <clears throat> name five positions on the soccer pitch. Okay. 
Midfield. All right. Striker. Okay. Goal. Okay. Fullback. <laughs> I think I'm pretty like. I'm th- see, I'm mixing it now. My wife. Are you mixing like wings? Like left wing, right wing. I'm thinking just my FIFA days. You're like yeah. striker, wing, midfield, goalie, and fullback. Um, our loyal pod listeners, Dylan and Jason, are going to really appreciate that you just dropped a FIFA reference. Um, Dylan and I were college roommates, and there was a lot of FIFA played by that young man. Um, I honestly have no idea. You're fact Right midfielder, defensive midfielder, goalkeeper, striker, left midfielder. I'm going to say you did all right. I did okay. Can you name five Lady Grizz soccer players? Let's see. This is where I knew you were going with this. So I can name Alexa Coyle. I was going to say I can name Alexa Coyle because I'm a 49ers <laughs> fan and Brock is a great big brother. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he is. And that's really all of them that I can name. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, but I'm really happy for him. Like I'm genuinely like – it's kind of like the softball team a couple years ago. Yeah. Coming through and it's like, you know, I think this is such an awesome place to go to school and I want these other – these other programs to do well, so more power to that soccer team. Yep. Um, but we're not done yet. I know. Uh, top five reality TV shows. <laughs> okay, well, I don't watch this. Um, then how do you know they're top? I don't. Uh, Survivor. All right. Oh, you know, I used to watch a bunch of crappy ones on... Uh, VH1. Okay, here we go. Tool Academy. That was a wonderful show. Uh, Flavor of Love. Oh yeah, <laughs> man with the obnoxious clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's uh, like there's like the hip hop one too, right? Uh, not loving hip hop, but uh, something like that. Probably. Uh, this is my wife would just kill at this. There's there's one with uh, Rodney Pete. Uh, uh, Desperate Housewives. No. No, I don't think so. Um, number five on your list, uh, there was a short-run reality television show called Surviving Nugent. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Uncle Ted. Um, oh, the Uncle The Ted. only thing I know about that show is that <laughs> people had to run around on his ranch and he shot them with a net gun out of his <laughs> helicopter. Because <laughs> why because why not? Yeah. Um, so that was great reality TV there. Um, so on my flight this week, I watched a documentary uh, hosted by one of America's favorite Canadians, Alex Trebek. In this line, I want to know what your five top five game shows oh, are. Oh, I start to think of Canadians. Jeopardy. All right. Wheel of Fortune. All right. Price is Right. Okay. Is American Ninja Warrior like that's that's more reality, right? What is the one where Regis yelled at people? Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Uh-huh. And the one with the briefcases. Uh, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Um, this this documentary was kind of interesting, you know, and my options were limited to flying. But uh, bonus for you, Alex Trebek is a Canadian game show host. Who is another famous American? T- famous game show host who's a Canadian American. Oh, is Ryan Seacrest a Canadian? No, but that's a good that's a good guess. Um, Howie Mandel on Who Wants to Make oh, a Deal. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff there. <laughs> and uh, top five video games. Oh, ooh. Okay. I saw your tweet this week where you told uh, Andrew yeah. Schmidt 
who we mention every week on this pod, yes. um, that you were taking care of your family so you could go into your game hibernation. All right. So I'm going to show a little bit of my age, but the uh, older Final Fantasy series All right. role-playing games, I can't grab just one, like maybe seven or four or ten. A lot of good ones. Uh, Skyrim was a lot of fun. The uh, Grand Theft Auto series yep. is a great one. Uh, Fallout, they, they got a new one coming out soon. And let me think, I will just go with uh, most likely Madden. Just because, uh, just yeah, it's, you know. Do you play Fortnite? No, I don't. Really? Actually. I. You know, I used to be a big Call of Duty guy, and I played with a bunch of friends, but when those friends stopped playing, playing online with a bunch of little kids saying, you know, what they did to uh, family members of mine, it's, it's, it's not as fun. It's really not as fun. <laughs> and I'm not super, super good at that, so I don't like being really bad at things, and I was, I'm really bad at online first-person shooters, so no, that's not my, that's not my style. All right, last one. Um, <laughs> top five... Head coaching candidates for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> um, Bob Stitt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to loyal listener Brandon Fur. I think that's how you say his name. Oh my god. That was his suggestion online today, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> Joking suggestion. Uh, you know, honestly, I've never. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because I was tweeting like I'm done with the guy, but I don't know what the, I don't know. And, uh, I, and this is going to be crazy, just and, go and, get and that Broncos fans, <laughs> yeah, Broncos fans are going to say I'm crazy, but I think if I was the Packers, I would go give all the money in the world to Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that you need one of those creative offensive minds, and, and, and not that McCarthy hasn't been creative, but. I feel like they're wasting Aaron Rodgers. Well, they are. And, well, and you know, like, the thing is, is Mike McCarthy, his body, he's got a Super Bowl win. He's got coach of the year. Oh, yeah. um, he's one of the winningest coaches of all time. But I, I feel like we just, I just watched the Patriots, a better coach, yeah, better organized and run team, put it to the Packers with. Yep. Uh, so it's, um, I, I don't know. I feel like the message is stale, maybe. And they, they, that's what happened with Andy Reid at uh, Philadelphia. And he's got uh, he's got Kansas City looking good now. And Doug Peterson goes into Philly and wins him a Super Bowl. So yep. I don't really know who. I mean, I would look at, like, like offenses. Like, I, 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 like, I like what L.A.'s offense looks like. I, I mean, uh, it's, it's just tough. It's, it's tough being a Packer fan and... You watch the Rams, you watch the Chiefs, you watch the Saints, you watch last year's Eagles. Uh, you watch the Niners last Thursday night against the Raiders. <laughs> but didn't watch much of that game. Uh, but you just see these these offenses that it's just like it maximizes the QB, and then you come back to a Packer game, and it's just it's 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 tough to watch. I don't know who I don't know who my choices would be. But. It'll be interesting to see who the hot coaches are at the end of the year because a lot of these offenses, like those guys, aren't going anywhere. Because McVeigh calls his own offense. That's true. Yeah. McDaniel's turned down after taking the Colts job the Colts last job. year. Yeah, that's but right. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers, three to four more years. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good young skill on the offense. Peak players. I mean, you're going to put up a lot of points. It's the defense and just. But maybe you peak, maybe you try and keep the D coordinator. It feels like they finally. Yeah, Patton. I mean, he was head coach of the Browns of all teams, yeah. but um, cool. I don't know. He seems to be doing okay. Yeah, stuff, seems like they got a good one. All right, you're off the hook. The BWR is done for That's the week. That's it. All right. 
um, viewer, or listener approved favorite segment. It's all there. Um, with that, let's move on to Idaho. Idaho. We're what? playing for the little bit little brown stein, yeah. which we've currently held. You know, one thing that I should have pointed out to um, Chris when we were talking to him that I didn't was Idaho may have a significant lead in the all-time series with Montana, but they will never be able to take away the fact that we were 4-1 and one against them when they were an FBS team. <laughs> exactly. I mean... Yeah, that was, uh, that was a great stretch. It was... I, I went to both the away games, uh, 2000 and 2002, and yeah, um, it, that was a fun way to say goodbye to Idaho for, you know, a while. <laughs> but yeah, so Grizz, uh, we're, we're hitting the road one more time, and we're... Idaho Vandals, you know, um, they're 4-5 and five on the year. But they're four and zero at home, uh, so you, it's interesting because you pull it apart. And um, when Idaho plays on the road, they're getting outscored twenty to fifty. But at home, they're outscoring teams thirty-five to fourteen. Uh, now, they played Portland State early in the year before Portland State found their stride. They played Western New Mexico, who some people on Egris thought I made that school up. So you know, there's a couple things like that. But they've scored thirty-one twice in a row. Uh, in their last couple of home games. Um, so this is a team where, you know, and the other thing too, and I think, Mike, you brought this up last week, uh, this is Idaho's last meaningful game of the season because the next week they go get Florida wrecked by Florida. Florida ranked in the top 25. Are they still Florida. ranked even though they lost? Okay, I believe they're still ranked, but I could be <laughs> wrong about that. But, you know, so it's interesting because, like, you look at Idaho, uh, their stats – on offense, it's just kind of blah. It's two twenty passing, one fifty rushing. Um, they have the worst turnover margin in the Big Sky. They've lost seventeen turnovers. They've only they've only forced six. Um, so they are uh, you know a whopping negative eleven on the season. I mean, it's uh, it, it, defensively they're not they're not great. They're not good. They're not uh, it, they they give up quite a bit on the ground again. So if we got Jeremy Calhoun healthy and rolling and O-line feeling confident-ish after that Southern Utah game, uh, it would maybe seem that that run game might, be, uh, might have some opportunities there. Yeah, you know, I, they're a hard team to figure out because I've watched a couple of their games. And like their game against the Cats, like I just yeah. came away thinking, this is the worst offense I've seen. <laughs> yeah. But then you see, it's like they beat North Dakota. Yeah. They beat North Dakota, who we... And granted, we were having some struggles and losing ourselves, and Snead hadn't reinvented himself yet. But we were, I mean, we were destroyed by North Dakota, and they beat North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, they did. Was it in Idaho? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. All the home games. All the home games. Yep, yep. They're 0 yep. 5 on the road. Too bad we can't bring them to the stadium here. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, obviously, their quarterback, coach's kid, Mason Petrino, head coach is his dad. He's rotating uh, with another guy who's literally the biggest quarterback I've ever seen. What did you look up? What is what is playing height and weight is? I, I mean, it, I'm sure they're lying. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's one of those because he 215. is huge. <laughs> I mean, huge. I think on our portion where we had Chris in, he called they call him Big Sexy or something. Yeah, like that. Well, you know. Well. <laughs> You know, Petrino's an interesting guy. We've talked about him before because I said he reminds me of a Brett Favre because he just kind of 
makes stuff up. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's not even passing for 200 yards a game on average. Uh, been doing a little better of late. 12 touchdowns to five interceptions, but he's a running threat too. So he's not he's not uh, Dalton Sneed or Troy Anderson. I, he's not a guy that's really going to run away from people, but he's a guy that you saw the cat in the cat game and some other games too that I've watched of Idaho. He's a guy you've got to account for because um, he's not going to force a pass often into uh, coverage. He's going to he's going to try to pick up a few with his feet. So. Mason Petrino is six foot, 195 pounds, actually listed as a wide receiver slash QB on the roster, which is weird. There's no way he's six feet. Um, Colton Richardson, who's the big sexy, 6'4", 254 pounds. <laughs> Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> man. Like, I just was watching, I forget which game it was, but he rotated in. I was like, holy cow. Look at this guy. That's, they've got a freaking linebacker playing quarterback. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Now everyone wants to be like the Cats, put linebackers in it. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's you know, and, and apparently they might be front runners for MVP. Hey, so, there you go. yeah, not going to happen. Um, you know, other guys, they got a receiver, number two, David Unger. Um, he's this kind of, he's their Jerry Louis McGee. He's, um, he's, I think he's got a couple of return touchdowns potentially. He's one of these guys, he's got a punt return touchdown. I think he, he might have a, I don't know if a kick return, but he's got a good kick average. Um, he's their leading target guy. He doesn't lead in touchdowns, but he's the guy that's going to get the most amount of looks. Kind of a 5'10", 175 guy, quicker dude. But uh, last week, Southern Utah, good return game. This week, Idaho, better return game. So Grizz did good last week. They need to keep it going because this guy, this number two is going to be a guy to watch for. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, it's It's... It's just tough to know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, we talked about a lot of freshmen got to play last week. I'm sure some of the freshmen will get to contribute even more this week. Different guys. Maybe there's a matchup. Um, at the end of the day, though, like neither of their quarterbacks are good. No. So we should be able to move the ball. Yeah. We should be able to score points, and we should be able to hold them. One would think. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be the test. Was Southern Utah a fluke, or was it like – it's starting to come together. Mm-hmm. And this Idaho game is the perfect way to test it because Idaho is clearly better than Southern Utah and has better skill at better spots. And so it's going to be one of these situations where um, this will be a great measuring stick to see if we are really building to something or if this if Southern Utah is just a flash in the pan. Yeah, I think we're going to know pretty early if that there's a carryover or if this is going to be another interesting game. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, you know, and I only only one other, you know, defensively on their side, they've got uh, they got two linebackers that are brothers, and apparently like their dad's a D line coach. So apparently, if you're going to uh, coach at Idaho, you just bring your damn kids. You right? bring your kids. Uh, but these Ellis brothers, but Caden Ellis, number three, so he was second team. What was it called? Sun Belt last year, and so he was first team Big Sky this year. Or yeah, pre-season first team. Day. Yeah, preseason. Um, so he's kind of like their. Uh, Guy for Davis. Uh, he's got 10 tackles for a loss. He leads team in sacks with five. Um, they're going to obviously be watching this UCD f- uh, film and these other ones where these linebackers are coming off the edge. Then we got to watch number three because that guy's going to be chasing Sneed all day. Yep. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, 
I like the the multiple tight end sets. I think that's an answer for us in certain certain ways. I think that it gives us better protection. Um, and I think at this point, two regular season games left. Play the best offensive lineman you've got. I don't care who they are. It's just <laughs> let's let's try and get whatever some version of next year's O line is. You know, we're getting we're going to get some transfers. I'm sure. Let's let's get them some time together. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, you know, last week seemed to do look good. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I uh, was exchanging some messages with someone who lives in Idaho, uh, is a Grizz fan, but also follows Vandals, and he said their D line is uh, pretty talented, uh, pretty uh, group of uh, physical. Tough guys, and so well, great. That's yeah, that so, sounds fantastic. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> so, be interesting to see, but it, yeah, how that goes in the trenches, uh, gonna have to get that run game going, gonna have to, I mean, keep Jeremy Calhoun um, churning and getting positive yards, get him over 100 yards. Let's do that. Yeah, come on, let's get him over come 100 on. yards because he doesn't have one his whole career. His whole career, yeah, because remember when. when um, Eastwood finally got a hundred yard game earlier in the year. We were it was like Jordan Canada was oh, the last yeah, hundred yard right. rusher. Yeah. It was just crazy. <laughs> but he's surpassed although so I think Jeremy Calhoun surpassed Justin Green on the rushing yards, but of course Justin did it in two seasons where Jeremy's done it in four. You know, remember <laughs> in kind of the middle of Jeremy's sophomore year when he had scored so many touchdowns that we were talking about how like he's gonna he destroy yeah. the touchdown record. And he's just, the second half of his career, he's just had a lot of bad luck. Bad luck, yeah. Feel bad for him. So I hope it ends well for him. And, um, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to redshirt or anything. So this is it. And he's one, he's probably, him and Kern are probably the only two seniors on the offensive side that we lose that contribute in any way. Yeah. On the defensive side, you got Boss and you got a couple guys on the D line -line that aren't really stars, but they're playing. You know, Reed Miller. But. Um, so good for all of them. Um, I have nothing else real exciting on the Vandals. I'm good. What do you think? What's going to happen? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. This is the optimist in me, and I maybe I just came out of that Southern Utah game with a rosy glass high or whatever. Um, I, I think the Grizz are going to win. I think it's going to be one of these games where. They're gonna. It's gonna be close-ish for a while. Uh, Grizz are gonna kind of pace it out at the end. Um, I could see Grizz somewhere thirty-five, thirty-eight. Idaho somewhere in the twenties, twenty-one, twenty-four, or something like that. You know, like a nine to a fourteen-point type of win. It's just it's kind of a gut feel. Um, yeah, that that's where I'm taking it. I think the Grizz are gonna kick their ass. Because <laughs> um, you're going. Because I'm going, and my <laughs> record of road games is piss poor, so something's got to give. Hey, we went to the and cat game in 15. That was good. Yeah, one. that's up until last year, the road cat games, I was undefeated. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they've got a chip on their shoulder, and they want to prove they're not as bad as people think they are. They seem to be beating bad teams, yep. and I think Idaho's a bad team. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, I also just think that Idaho's got a bunch of cocky fans, and yeah. they think they're too good for the big sky, and we proved that they weren't, and they're clearly proving that they weren't. Um, so, yeah, 
A um, couple other notes. I think Hauk either tied or passed Don Reed on the all-time wins list. Yes. And I think... Got his 100th coaching win. 100th too. coaching win. Yeah. Which is crazy that he had in the 80s. Wasn't it in the 80s yeah. when he left here? Yeah. It was yeah. 81 or something. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but, you know, to his credit, UNLV actually seems to be worse than they were with him. So... There might have been a recent comment in the crowd, which I don't think he really cares. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's all right with it. Um, uh, I think that's about wrapping up the show, isn't it? Well, we got one more segment here. Mike. Oh, no. Everybody's See, favorite. Everybody's favorite. Luke's not here, so I thought the check down might miss for a week. It's time for the check down. Pew, 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 pew. You know, you, you did very well on both introducing that and doing the lasers. <laughs> I was prepared. This is... The biggest checkdown on record that I'm aware of. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope you're prepared. I feel like you've been you've yawning, got, Mike. I was going to say, you've like, got pent-up aggression because the BWR is making you nervous. Like, you want to, like, drink a shot of espresso real quick here? <laughs> Luke has sent me a few from assignment. Jamarcus Russell, he asked him to watch some tapes on the BWR, and he claimed he did. <laughs> did you read that yes, story? Yes, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> the blank blitz packages. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready, Mike? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Which Big Sky team goes furthest in the playoffs? Weaver. Iron Man or Captain America? Captain America. Johansi Humphrey or Chase Reynolds? Yo. What is the second best Big Sky Conference football stadium? Hmm. I've never been to UC Davis's, but I've heard it's actually pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. Fair. Jay Hill or Dan Hawkins? Uh, Jay Hill. Brady or Rogers? Rogers. All right. Thank you. Bitterit Valley or Mission Valley? Mission Valley. <laughs> Zone Read or RPO? RPO. Stitt or Flugrad? Stitt's my boy. All right. HW, W, or Jeb Bush? <laughs> You know, HW's got the sock game going on right now, so I think I'm going to go with HW. All right. Tacos or pizza? Tacos. Player rep or UM Grizz 75? <laughs> um, player rep, because the guy who is player rep is actually kind of a fun guy to talk to in real life sometimes. <laughs> Took the wheels to turn him in. Yeah. Uh, UM Good 75 is just a terrible person, and I know who he is. So if you <laughs> listen to this pod, buddy, I know who you are. <laughs> Should we retire the penny? No. Okay. If you win the Mega Millions, do you take the lump sum, or do you take it over the years? You take the lump sum. All right. So toilet paper, do you put the roll over the top, or do you put it under? Under. So, would you rather dunk in your prime? Would you rather dunk the ball like Vince Carter in his prime, or have Steph Curry's range? I already have Steph Curry's range, <laughs> so I need a dunk. All right. So, would you rather the Grizz beat Montana State or same year win the national title? National title. Who plays Mike in the movie adaptation of your life? You know that one came from Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I'm going to go with... Man. 
Who Should Play Mike in the movie adaptation of My Life. Oh, my goodness. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go with Will Smith. <laughs> you had Dwayne the Rock Johnson right in front of you. Oh, damn it. <laughs> the final one. Mo Bamba or Bodak Yellow? Mo Bamba. Oh, okay. That is it for the check down. Oh, man. You know, I, something about the way you deliver it, I just, I, you know, it's, you're softer than Luke. I don't know. It's, <laughs> It feels good. It feels like a good wrap-up here. <laughs> um, <laughs> real quick, who did Luke pick in the Montana game? He picked the Grizz. I figured he picked the Grizz. Did he say anything about uh, um, what type of game he expects on that, or did he just pick the Grizz? All he said was Montana over Idaho, 30-24. to 24. Well... All right. That's going to be a tense one. Up 30-24, Idaho gets the ball back with... 30 seconds to go at midfield. Yeah, so we're sweating a little bit. What are you going to do for the game this weekend if you're not going? Well, if I don't go to the Hotel Finland, I'll probably just uh, fire it up on the TV. I'll probably be celebrating a Northern Colorado win, upset win over the Cats, because it's a brute sports back-to-back. All right. So that, that's, that's the plan. That's can the handle plan. that. All right. I'm going over to the game. Um, I have no idea where I'm sleeping that night, so if anybody, <laughs> if anybody knows any nice people that can handle... Six to eight men in their thirties. Um, let us know. We're open. You know, we're nice guys. It'll be great. All right. <laughs> um, anything else we should know about this week? Man, I think we're good. This this is a big week. This is a big week. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. If we uh, know you, we'll talk to you soon. If not, we'll see you next week. Go Grizz. Fight on. All right. <laughs>